Broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. This is Unnecessary Roughness. Caught at the 20, racing near sideline 10, turn of the 5, touchdown Raiders! The crowd applauds because Las Vegas just win, baby. Just win, baby. Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM. Here's your boy Q. I always wanted to see what it felt like to be the voice of the silver and black Jason Horowitz, so I just had to throw that just win, baby, out there as we kick off hour number three of the show. It's Unnecessary Roughness, Raider Nation Radio 920. Many thanks to Coach Scott Spinelli joined us. He joined us every single Monday from the moment that the brackets came out to where we are right now, and the championship game tonight will tip off locally at 620 Pacific time. Excited about that. May have to go over to his local sports bar and watch that game with my dad as he's in town for a few more days. So we'll have to check that out. Coming up in just a few minutes, we're efforting Bruce Feldman from The Athletic to talk about his latest draft or mock draft that he put out. Really good piece on The Athletic. Uh, what sources say about Stroud, Hooker, Richardson, and more when it comes to the NFL draft. So we'll get to him in just a few minutes as uh, Lindsey and Jared are efforting him right now. But the question that we threw out there, on the don'tbebroke.com text line at 69187 keyword r Have you locked in on who you want the Raiders to draft with their first overall selections? What positions do they have to come out with uh, when it comes to this draft? And I have shutdown corner, defensive tackle or edge help, maybe even both, and potential quarterback of the future. And, of course, it does not have to be in that order. So we do want to hear from you. You can always give us a call at 702-365-9200 when we don't have a guest. We won't have a guest following Bruce Feldman, who we're efforting right now, so we'll get him. But Marin Raider tweeted at me and said, Q, For me, the players chosen matter, but I'd like to see the team optimize for getting as many top 100 picks as possible. A lot of talent in this draft, and if you could land four to five starters out of six to seven picks in the top 100 to 110 and get a quarterback in there, that would be a win, in my opinion. There's no doubt about that. Marin Raider, thank you so much for that tweet. Definitely appreciate you. And uh, that's the thing about it. That's kind of what I've been talking about. You know, you got to get at least three starters, right? At least three starters. You got 12 picks. You've got to be able to navigate the the board and get at least three starters, and I think you should also get some quality depth. But uh, good stuff, and we definitely want to hear from you, as I mentioned, at uh, 702-365-9200 in the don'tbebroke.com text sign 69187. Jim from Yonkers said, what changed my mind about Richardson is that I hear he's coachable and does not need to be told something twice. That is huge. He has the highest ceiling among all quarterbacks. Thank you for a great show. Again, that's from Jim from Yonkers. And joining us now on the phone lines from The Athletic is our good friend Bruce Feldman. And, Bruce, thanks so much for your time. And you cover the college game like a glove. Been covering the college game for a very long time. When you look at these quarterbacks, the top four, you know, Anthony Richardson, Will Levitt, C.J. Stroud, Bryce Young, whatever order you want to put it in, what do you see from these guys just off top before we even get into your mock draft? Well, I think they're all all – pretty different, especially once you go from Anthony Richardson to, to, uh, to Bryce. Bryce is, you know, 5'10", probably around 190-ish. I know he weighed heavier than that at the Combine, but, you know, for people to compare him a little bit to Russell Wilson, the difference is Russell Wilson you know, is more built like a running back. He's carrying around 220 pounds. And I think there's a little less concern about the durability than when you have Bryce's statue, whereas compared to Anthony Richardson, he's built like a tight end, and he mm-hmm. runs like a wide receiver. I mean, he's just a you know a total freak athlete, and so I think that is the different spectrum of what you have. And you know, certainly Bryce is one of Heisman in his first year as a starter, and he's had a couple of really amazing seasons as the face of Alabama football. Whereas Anthony Richardson. You know, amazing arm strength, really can run, 
there's a lot of intangibles people like, but he got, he hasn't played that much. Right. So I think he, you know, whoever takes him, it's going to be interesting to see how do they utilize him. Like, you know, in the mock draft story I did where I talked to all these coaches who faced them, I think one of the things that's come up is like, okay, is Anthony Richardson, you know, probably more like Josh Allen in regard to neither guy had great completion percentage numbers, so accuracy was a little bit of a concern. But Brian Dayball did such a good job when he was in Buffalo with Josh Allen and how they utilized him. And whoever takes Anthony, you know, and my, you know, my feeling was that maybe the Colts, whether you know, and maybe that's a good fit there. You know, maybe there's a certain way you you accentuate what he's what he does really well, and you don't major in the stuff that he's not not proven that he can do yet. Again, we're talking with Bruce Feldman here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Unnecessary roughness. He's from the Athletic, and his piece is out. NFL mock draft 2023. What sources say about Stroud, Hooker, Richardson, and more. And what I love about your piece is what you mentioned. You talk to college coaches. You talk to NFL scouts. So you're getting it. It's not just what you see on Saturdays and, and on Fridays or Thursdays, whatever the day is, and just kind of throwing something against the wall. This is coming from coaches that know what they're talking about. So uh, obviously that carries a lot of weight. So when it comes to Jalen Carter, he's a guy that could have been the number one overall pick. Chicago traded that out. What are you hearing from coaches just about the, the young man who Jalen Carter is? And, and where do you – I mean, you have him slotted going number five at Seattle, which is kind of where I feel like he'll end up. But what makes you feel like that that's a good landing spot for him? Well, I, the guys I've talked to said when they would watch film, even you know crossover film within the SEC, and this is going back to that 2021 defense. Remember that it had three defensive linemen off the Georgia defense that won a national title goal in the first round, including the first pick overall. And the guy all these coaches thought was the most talented of all of them is Jalen Carter. It said, you know, I'm going to read you this. Like he was the guy that you always noticed on crossover film. People that big should not be that athletic. He's twitchy, violent, strong. He was the best player on that defense. He's on a different level. All those guys are really, really talented. And then there's him. You know, now, is he Cortez Kennedy all over again for the Seahawks? You mean, you hope everything checks out for him if, if you're the Seahawks in terms of the off the field where you can feel comfortable taking him. But from a talent standpoint, and I think, look, Pete Carroll is able to connect with a lot of people and is able to get a lot out of people um, and a lot out of players. This guy has a chance to be the most talented player in this entire draft because that's what you hear from the people who really, who've really evaluated him up close. How much do you feel like he needs to have that structure in place, which I think Seattle has, by the way, but kind of have that structure in place and even have some guys around that can kind of mentor him into what being a professional is all about? I think that's really key, you know, for Bryce Young and for some other guys that I think are probably aren't as dependent or need it. But I think in Jalen Carter's case, I think that would definitely benefit him, especially now that, you know, I think he's probably reeling from the big spotlight, right? When you're at Georgia and you had N'Kobe Dean last year and all these other guys around him, you know, as, as talented as he was, he was just one of many, five, you know, four or five star guys in there. It wasn't like he's playing fifty or you know fifty or sixty snaps. They had so much talent around them. It was like, okay, give us everything you got in that, you know, in this time, and that's it. Much roll. I think how he gets managed now that he's going to have a lot of disposable income. You know, like how do you handle all that? I think those questions are 
not just unique to him, but I think there are legit questions. Talking to the Athletics, Bruce Feldman here on Raider Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness. Now looking at the Raiders at number seven, uh, Raider Nation is not thrilled, but, I mean, it's not a sexy position. You have offensive lineman Paris Johnson Jr. from Ohio State going number seven overall. Uh, he's a guy who played left tackle and right tackle, so he has versatility. The Raiders have Colton Miller right now at the left tackle position. Do you think he can slide into that right tackle position and kind of pick it up pretty quickly? I do think he can. I mean, he's, you know, he's got really good, you know, long, he's played – you know, he's got really good feet. He's talented. Now, there, it wasn't like he was flawless there. If they were only saying, hey, we're going to go right tackle and that's what we want for the next, you know, next 10 years. And we, you know, because I think people look at him at Paris as being more of the left tackle mm-hmm. prototype. Whereas if you're, if you're the Raiders, you're saying, you know what? Maybe we don't love him that much to take him that high. Maybe you trade down and you take Darnell Wright from Tennessee, who's this mauler at right tackle. Who I, a lot of the coaches I talked to, you know, in the SEC were really, really impressed with him. And I don't think he's going off the board, you know, before tw- in the twenties. Mm-hmm. So that might be a case where if it's really about having who do we think can be a right tackle that we could plug in there for the next six years, maybe you drop down, get some more value, and you take him. Well, what was the thoughts and overall from the scouts and the college coaches that you talked about or talked to about the quarterback that Darnell Wright actually protected, which is Hendon Hooker coming off, obviously, a torn ACL? Well, I'm going to start with this. So when I was at the Combine, uh, I had lunch with a, with a quarterback coach I know in the NFL, and I asked him who, who was one of the, mo- who were, like, the most impressive guys in your meeting. And he raved about Hendon Hooker just in terms of, you know, his demeanor, but also how knowledgeable he was, not just about what he had at Tennessee, but then his previous offense at Virginia Tech and the depth and the detail he could he could run them through on it. Uh, and then when I talked to all these coaches who actually faced them, and the, the whole point of why I think this mock draft I would encourage people to check out is because it's not just, you know, there's plenty of draft analysts out there, but it's really about what these coaches know because they were game planning for these guys they know exactly what they were trying to do to them in a game situation, but they also know their own personnel well enough to go, okay, we can't really do this. This is what we were, what we were trying to do, and this is how they kind of took advantage of it. And people raved about him and Hooker who played him. I just think, to me, like, you know, you mentioned the quarterbacks. I feel like there's the top three, then there's Levis, and I feel like Hendon Hooker might actually be closer. Levis might be closer to Hendon Hooker in terms of where people look at him than he is to C.J. Bryce and Anthony Richardson. Well, for the record, you have uh, Hendon Hooker going to number 23 overall to the Minnesota Vikings uh, on your mock draft that I do encourage everyone to, to, to read on The Athletic because, again, like you mentioned, you're talking to coaches, you're talking to scouts, and they're giving you the intel. Really, really good stuff. So uh, as, as far as the defensive side of things go, oh, wait, no, one more question about Hendon Hooker because you cover college football like a glove, and I remember there's a lot of knock on Hendon Hooker because of the offense he played at Tennessee, and everyone's talking about it's similar to you know the Bryle system when he was at Baylor. And I remember that like a like it was yesterday. I remember how pro- prolific that was, but it didn't turn into quarterbacks in the NFL. What would you say to any of those guys? Is it just kind of going back to Virginia Tech, why he can translate to the NFL where those other guys didn't? No, I think there's, that is that to me more than the injury or even more than his age. I think is the, is you know a consideration in that 
you know, it's half field reads. There's a lot of times that the receivers aren't really running traditional routes. And so I think that is a, that is something you have to look at in terms of the kind of coverages he was seeing. But, you know, they're going to, they've already had meetings with him. I think they're going to have more meetings with him about, you know, what he sees, what he not, what he knows, how he processes the game. And everything I've heard has been very, very positive in terms of what he brings to the table. Now, again, I, I do think those are, those are real concerns, but I think in terms of like, he does have something else in terms of another offense he's had to, to study and, and really go to school on. And I think that, that bodes well for him. A couple guys that a lot of Raider Nation is pretty fired up about is from the cornerback position, Christian Gonzalez out of Oregon and Devin Witherspoon out of Illinois. Uh, those guys I feel like are pretty close as far as comparing and contrasting them. Who would you put as cornerback one, and who would you put right behind them? You know, Christian Gonzalez has much better size, and he's a legit track guy. The, the film is better of Witherspoon. But Witherspoon's 181 pounds, and he's not six feet. And Christian Gonzalez is six one and almost two hundred. But I think when you talk to the coaches who who studied, you know, what they saw, you know, there's a lot of respect and almost awe of Witherspoon, how he plays. He's super instinctive, he's very physical. Um, you know, there's another corner in there, Joey Porter Jr., obviously, mm-hmm. you know, very recognizable name because of who his dad was as a player great length, almost looks like a basketball player out there, who was really physical, and Joey Porter Jr. really cleaned up his technique and got a lot uh, better in 2022. I think those guys are all in the same same bunch, and to me, cornerback is one of the best, deepest positions in the draft. I think there will be elite talent that you can get even, maybe even in the second round with like a Julius Brents from K-State, who's longer than all of them. He's really physical, and he's another one who made huge strides in 2022. Talking right now with Bruce Feldman from The Athletic here on Raider Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness. Just got one more for you, and again, uh, I wanted to ask about the defensive side of things. Tyree Wilson from Texas Tech. It's very rare that you're talking about a a big-time defensive player coming out of Texas Tech or the Big 12 in general, but here we are with Tyree Wilson, and sometime this week, Joey McGuire is actually going to be a guest on the show talking about Tyree Wilson. What did you see from that young man, and and what have college coaches told you about the young man from uh, Texas Tech? Yeah, when you see him, like we did one of his games and his length, when you see him in the pregame, he is a long, impressive looking dude, you know, 36 inch arms, 6'6", 270 plus. I wouldn't be surprised if he could easily carry 290 plus. I mean, on that frame, the stuff that's really good and, you know, got this from coaches both in Lubbock as well as coaches who played him was they really loved his motor. I mean, he would chase a lot of stuff down, um, you know, he is physical. He plays really, really hard. Um, he's still kind of raw, but he got a lot better. I think he was really well coached there. You know, it's, what would be interesting, and I'd be, you know, one of the, the D.C. there, Tim DeRuder, was, uh, had Kayvon Thibodeau at Oregon. They're different kinds of players. Uh, this kid's, you know, probably 25 pounds bigger um, and longer. Uh, Thibodeau, I think, is more comfortable in space, and probably you could, you know, he's probably got he's got more polish in his pass rush game. But this guy keeps getting better and better, and there's a lot to work with. 
I like it. I like it a lot. Like I said, Joey McGuire will join the show at some point this week, and we'll talk about him. And you know Joey McGuire is a ball of energy, so I look forward to to talking <laughs> with him. Bruce Feldman is our guest here. His piece on the Athletic NFL Mock Draft 2023, what sources say about Stroud, Hooker, Richardson, and more. I encourage everyone to go check it out. It dropped on Friday, and it's a really, really good piece. Well, Bruce, you got anything else that you're working on that uh, we should be on the lookout for? Uh, I got some other stuff draft-related that'll be out later this month because we're in April. So <laughs> be like, yeah, next month. But no, yeah, I have a draft confidential that'll be out in a couple of weeks before the draft, and and a few other things that I'm I'm excited to uh, excited to, to kind of get to work on. But this project was like two months in the making, so. Um, I'm just still kind of catching my breath from getting it out. Well, I'll tell you what. It was two months well worth it. It was a fantastic piece, and I had to hit you up immediately when I read it. So uh, thank you for your time and great work, and uh, we'll definitely be following uh, the rest of your work as well. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Appreciate you. Bruce Feldman, fantastic work right there. Covers college football like a glove. And that's the thing about these mock drafts. Like I said, myself, Lindsey, Jared, we can say, hey, let's go ahead and put our first-round mock draft together. And we could probably be online with some of these, you know what I mean, with some of these mock drafts that are out there. We can do our research. We can pull some stuff out our backside and have a decent idea. But, Lindsey, it's just different when you talk to coaches, college coaches that, as he said, had to prepare for these players that they're going up against so they know what these guys could bring. I think it's just a different element then. Yeah, and and you see how these guys develop and and these people, this is what they do. They focus on the aspect of the draft, not just the NFL, not just young players, like just specifically the draft. And so when you have so many people, like you said, there's experts everywhere, but there's only certain amounts of people that have put the boots to the ground and Mm -hmm. actually done the work, seen the play, and then talk to these coaches and have the connection with the coaches as well because coaches could sell you a line like, they do any right, other player for sure and so uh, i i'm just going through this and i, I can't even count uh the number of scrolls because i can't count that high i took many pucks <laughs> to the head but it's just i'm so fascinated about just the the amount of information that are about these individual players and it's just such a different world than what i'm used to with, with hockey we don't track things the same way mm-hmm. But there's so much money. There's so much at stake for each and every one of these these young gentlemen. And so, I mean, what a process for them to go through and what a process for, for coaches, for the organizations, for everybody involved because it's a special time of the year. No doubt. It really is. And it all gets uh, going and gets wrapped up there in Kansas City starting on April 27th. That's a Thursday. Of course, it goes Thursday, Friday, Saturday. And Raider Nation Radio 920 will definitely be there. Uh, we'll probably get there about the 25th and be there all the way through Saturday and then come on back to Vegas. And, well, the Raiders will have a bunch more players. Right, and so we'll break. Then the then the process begins. Of okay, this is who they selected. Who we got now? Right, exactly. Whose this hips is, don't lie these days. There you go. That's exactly. They drafted right. someone from Fordham. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, look. I mean, that's that's what the process will be afterwards, right? It's yeah. like okay, breaking down each and every one of these players. What can they bring to the table? How much of a difference can they make? How much better? And you expect that the team will get better in the NFL draft. If they don't get better in the NFL draft, well then you're in trouble. So uh, many thanks to Bruce Feldman from The Athletic. Again, check out his work. NFL Mock Draft 2023, what sources say about Stroud, Hooker, Richardson, and more. Really good stuff. 419 is the time. Hit us up, 702-365-9200. We have no more guests the rest of the show, so it's all about you. Delbybroke.com, text sign at 69187, keyword r Have you locked in on who you want the Raiders to draft with their first overall pick, and what positions do you think they need to come out of the draft with? Mine, shutdown corner, defensive tackle, and edge help. Also, the potential quarterback of the future. It's Radio Nation Radio 920. You're listening to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q on Raider Nation Radio. Through the question out there, have you locked in who you want the Raiders to draft with their first overall selection? What positions do 
you think they need to come out of the draft with. Mine were shut down corner, defensive tackle, or edge help, potential quarterback of the future. That's me, though. Want to hear from you, 702-365-9200, our don'tbebroke.com text sign is 69187, keyword r Real quick, Vegas Pete hit us up and said on the don'tbebroke.com text sign, it's funny how times are different. The Raiders never wanted Boy Scouts. Al would have taken Carter based off his talent, not sweat the small stuff. Uh, take the best player available, especially on defense in this draft. That's from Vegas Pete, and I do respect the text, but I'll say that people losing their lives is not little stuff or small stuff. There's never going to be small stuff and little stuff when it comes to people losing their lives. So that's something to take into consideration. We can't just wipe it off the, you know, and, and sweep it to the side and say, oh, you know, he took some candy from the store or he did something. You know, I mean, that's small stuff, right? You know, taking a camcorder from somebody, that's a small stuff, right? Someone losing their life, my friend, definitely not small stuff. But I do appreciate the text. Again, 702-365-9200. Let's go out to Portland talk to our friend Robert. Welcome to the show. What's on your mind, brother? Yeah, thank you, uh you know, I was a good one with Feldman. Uh, he had Gonzalez going 12th. I think that's why he was leaning towards telling you they could trade down. I, and I agree with him because there's the cornerbacks. The first one doesn't even go on his list until 12. Yeah. Yep. So I love Witherspoon more than uh, Gonzalez anyway because mm-hmm. I, I think he's more twitchy, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Yep. But, but I wanted to ask you something. Uh, I think Seattle, knowing Pete, he's gonna. He's going to take him, Carter. He's going to take him. Mm-hmm. And I think the Lions, unfortunately, are going to take the kid I want, Wilson, you know, the big defensive end. Yeah. Because I think they should move Chandler Jones in, you know, on draft day to some team that wants him if they can do it. That's if Ziegler can do it. Cause I don't, and they might have to pay him a little bit, you know, because you've got a still second year of payment. But what's your gut feeling if both Carter's gone, uh, and Wilson's gone, and now you've got to make up your mind. And, you know, you don't want to take a left tackle and put him in a right tackle. You got might as well stay with Mumford. I say you wait till the second uh, second round and take the fourth-rated uh, uh, tackle in the, in, the, in the draft, and that's Dewan, uh, you know, Dewan Jones. Mm-hmm. He's rated as high as 36, and they're picking 38. So don't you think they should just go ahead and trade down like uh, Feldman was saying? If you can, unless you've got somebody you really like for number seven, what would you do? Yeah, thank you for the call. I do appreciate you. And for me, for my money, if it's number seven and Carter's gone and Tyree Wilson is gone and you're not in love with one of the quarterbacks, this is just me. I'm taking Gonzalez or I'm taking or I'm taking Witherspoon straight up because you you could trade back in, in theory. That's a great idea, but two things have to happen. One, you have to have a trade partner. Right, somebody has to want to trade with you, and two, then you got to hold on to your stones and hope that they're there at number twelve, whoever it is that you want, unless unless you like both the guys, right? But you really do because then you sweat a little bit. It's not a Damon Arnett situation where you knew damn well Damon Arnett wasn't going to be selected anytime soon, and they still picked him at nineteen. So I would go, I would go with one of those guys. And the, and the other thing about it is what I've been saying and stressing this whole time is that the Raiders need dudes. So you could trade back and collect as many picks as you want, but at some point you got to pick a dude. And if you trade back too far, you might not get a dude. You might get a good guy, but you might not get that dude. I want a guy who's going to walk in, throw his stones on the table, and say I'm the best mother effer out here, right? And, and say it just like that so it's, it's clean for the radio. <laughs> Jerry, Jerry starts sweating. <laughs> Thankfully, what was the first thing I did when I, right before I went on the air? Jared's look on his face was like, no, Q, no. I got this. Been there, done that, brother. <laughs> But 
that's the mentality you've got to have. I tell my son all the time, he plays basketball at Western Oregon. I said, dude, at some point you got to go on the court and say, I'm the baddest dude out here and you can't stop me. Regardless if you are or not, you got to act. You got to play the role. You got to be that guy. Fake it till you make it. That's how I my mean, coach sold us. That's what I'm saying. You played yep. hockey. At yep. some point, you had to be the best one on the ice and knew you were the best one on the yep. ice. Puff up that chest, and eventually, if you if you let a few of them hit you, you'll feel like you're the world beater goalie that you are on the inside. There you go. And yeah. then and Jared can you know relax a little bit. I think we got to get him some water. Yeah. You a fan over there? <laughs> Jared starts sweating. Breathe with his mouth. <laughs> I am aware of. Two incidents that I thankfully did not turn out to be incidents, but I'm still on edge about said incidents involving Carrot Top. Okay, oh, okay, well, oh hey, I mean that's that's Carrot Top. That's not uh, that's not Bro Man from the fifth floor. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be Bro Man from the fifth floor. I'll tell you right now, but <laughs> Jared's sweating a little bit. Got him coughing over there. He's gonna. <laughs> yeah, don't get that cough. I know. Look at this guy. <laughs> He's losing a lung over there. He's sweating. I love it. 702-365-9200. Thank you for that call. It was good stuff. Uh, let's go out to Seoul, Korea. Talk to our good friend Raider Rock. Welcome to the show. What's up? What up? What's up, Q? Chilling. Well, you know why I'm calling, right? Yeah, because Lindsay's here. <laughs> Hi. Yeah, Skippy. Hi, how are you? I'm good. How are you? How are things? Uh, I'm well. The fact that you played goalie is like an even more of, of a factor for me being your fan because because oh. they said I play in soccer, anyways. Oh, almost so the same was, thing. The, the the beautiful game, yeah. as we both call it. Yes, you know, got the got to have the angle and you know let the puck come to you or the ball come to you. Right? Absolutely. Yeah. So, 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 you know the the topic. Uh, the caller ahead from Portland kind of mentioned what what I have thought. You know, which is like, you know, I don't feel like we can get one of them world beaters um, or someone who can fake it until they make it. Right now at the seventh position, you know, I'm probably wrong, but I just feel like, you know, there's no one that that really, you know, like Sauce Gardner at seven or six would have been. You know, would have made sense to me because I just feel like he had it. Oh yeah. I don't know if the other, two, yeah, I don't know if the other two corners that we're talking about really have it. Okay. You know, but I I, I agree with you that the corner position is some somewhere I would like like to improve if I had to stay, and I would prefer the the gentleman from from Illinois because I think him coming in uh, and 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 working with Nate Hobbs, you know, who's also from that that uh, conference, mm-hmm. I think they would probably match up better or understand better. Hopefully, you know they'll have more commonalities. But yeah, I would agree with uh, cornerback and defensive tackle. Not necessarily edge. I mean, you know, we've taken so many people at edge. I feel like we probably could have should be should be able to develop someone right now in grown at the edge position. By now, so I would prefer someone on the offensive tackle, um, someone who can play uh, right tackle, okay, instead of edge. Gotcha. And then the quarterback of the future, uh, you know, I'm not I'm not so high on the on the high rounds, but if we can, um, you know, get someone like the 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 QB from Stanford, you know, because look, at the end of the day, to me. Like, given the reputation that Josh McDaniels have, like, he should be able to develop anyone that they get. Right? 
you know, he's he's had an opportunity to develop Stidham, and he's had an opportunity to develop Garoppolo, who are not really high high round guys. So for me, there's no reason for him to be, you know, for us to be seeking one of these top four guys because you know our coach and the system is supposed to be, you know, able to elevate guys who are not not at that level. So I'll leave you guys at that. Thank you very much. Uh, before you go, let me ask you this question. So yeah. if uh, sure. J- if Jimmy G goes down for whatever reason, you know, and obviously knock on wood, you hope he doesn't, who who is the who is yeah. the next man up in your opinion? Well, whoever they get. Okay, I got you. Just not a, just not a top four. Yeah. Okay, I got you. Yeah, oh. so I, I feel like they should be able to get someone at the round three, round four level that they can get ready. Okay. No, that makes sense. Even their reputation, yeah. Okay, I like it. Good stuff, Raider Rock. I appreciate Thanks, you. Thanks, Raider Rock. There you go. Seoul Korea representing Nike out there. He's doing some big things. Air Max 270. Oh. It's my favorite. You a connection out there? That's our Nike hookup. Oh. I'm actually pretty mad. Yeah, I'm actually say. pretty mad at Nike, as a matter of fact. <laughs> Are you? Yes. Why? Because, well, I'm glad you asked. <laughs> So well, I'm here do, for do you want to tease it to the next segment, or do you got to you got to lay it down the law now? No, I'll go ahead and tease it. That's a look hint from our that's a that that's a hint from our producer that hey man, wow. look at the at the at the clock. So I'm going to do that. So I'll tell you, we'll come back with some sound uh, from Matt Miller. Uh, we'll come back from uh, for some sound on why I'm mad at Nike as well, and uh, we'll do all that when we come back on Radio Nation Radio 920. Now back to unnecessary roughness with your boy Q. Well, all right then. <laughs> So let it be. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Jared Justice behind the wheels of steel. We have Lindsey Brown in here. I'm your boy Q. Got about 22 minutes left in today's show, give or take a lie or two. And so we're going to get right to it. Uh, Raider Rock in Seoul, Korea. I mentioned at the end of uh, that last segment how he's uh, he represents Nike. He works for Nike out there in uh, Seoul, Korea. And I'm a big Nike fan, as you could look at me right now and see You're everything. Outfitted. Everything I wear is Nike. Everything. You're from a walking shoes. ad. Yeah, I am. I have Nike shoes on right now. Dry fit socks on. Oh, I have yeah. Nike golf pants. My shirt is uh, my polo's Nike. My jacket over here on the on the chair is Nike. Even my watch has a Nike symbol on it. My you even have the background. Yeah. Where's your Livestrong bracelet? That's the only thing that's missing. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't wear those anymore. Hats? Uh, no, I don't wear hats. You see no. my waves? Yeah, have you seen his hair? You see my waves? You do have some great hair. I just, I don't know. I love hats, uh, uh, yeah. and, and so it's just, it's another area of customization. Well, I, I can't rock hats anymore. I just, I, I feel like you know the the hair looks looks uh, too good at this point. Fair. And that's not bragging, but I do go every single week and get my hair cut. Accentuate so your I have, strengths. I have, I, that's all I have left. <laughs> that's all I have left. Right? I'm not. Just Jumping out the gym, I'm not dunking the ball, I'm not doing any of that. So we can go for walks. I, or something. Yeah, we'll exactly. Get those glutes toned up. Yeah, there you go. Nice, nice. Uh, you got time. So long, like you got everything slow going on. walk. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Walk in the park. But so anyway, so the other night, I'm trying to add to my work collection and try to make sure I look the part at work all the time. So I thought I'll order some Nike pants. So I went online to order three pairs of pants. Right. Found some really good ones that I was going to order, but it was late. It was like 11:30 after I was done doing some work. Yeah. So I just breezing through it real quick. Bah, 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 bah. Ordered them really quick. And then I went to bed, and I was like, damn, I think I ordered the wrong size. So at like 3 in the morning, I woke up and realized I ordered the wrong size. Ah, that's all right. I'll call Nike. I'm a good customer. I'll call them in the morning. Sure. I call them at 6.30 in the morning because they open at 4 a.m. So I called them at 6.30 and said, hey, I just need to change my size. I ordered the wrong size last night. I just went through it really quickly. The payment's already gone through. But it was, you know, like 11.30 last night. My bad. Let's save some shipping for right, everyone involved. Right. Yeah. So the lady says, okay, let me look at your order. So I give her my number and everything. She goes through it. Oh, no, you ordered more than 30 minutes ago. I was like, I know. It was last night. 
it was like less than eight hours ago, but it was right. more than 30 minutes ago. And she said, oh, yeah, after 30 minutes, all sales are final. Are you kidding? Same rule as a final? pizza. Final? Yeah. And so I said, wait, hold on. It hasn't shipped out yet. Like, I get it if it's already shipped. Like, that's one thing, right? Then, okay, fine. But she said, no, all sales are final after, after 30 minutes. And so I was like, Aww. I was like, well, that doesn't make any sense. That just sounds silly, right? And she's like, well, you could just return it once you get it. And I said, but why would I do that? Why would we all go through that? Why would you send it knowing I'm going to send it back? You know what I mean? Like That's absolutely brutal. Right. So it didn't make any sense. So I was like, okay, so there's nothing we can do. And she's like, well, no, it gets our policy. And I said, well, it's, I mean, okay. And so Come on, Janine. Let's upgrade so, our experience here. So, yeah. So I'm trying to be very calm, cool, collective. Sure. I'm not trying to be loud and angry and demonstrative or anything like that, even though, you know, my inner side told me just to go all the way, you know, yep. uh, angry black man on him. And I didn't. I, I remain low tones. Thank you. And so I said politely. Well, can I speak to your supervisor or your manager? Because I feel like that there's something we could work out. Oh, no. Our, our supervisor or manager is not available for 24 to 48 hours. And I was like, wait, wait, hold on. Hold on. Let me get this. So then I started AI getting mad. AI is everywhere, aren't they? So, so yeah. So then, I started getting, so then I started getting angry, right? Because I'm thinking, wait, hold on. I'm only valued for 30 minutes. But, yeah. and, but I can't talk to a supervisor for 24 to 48 hours. So your policy says your supervisor don't have to speak to me for 48 hours, up to 48 hours. But I can't make a change to my order. Unless it's 30 minutes or less. So they're just doing the shipping. They're not doing the handling because they're right. not handling you right. No. Oh, my God. So I said, wait a minute. That, what kind of sense? So your policy is you guys can do anything you want, and I just have to take it, right? Yeah. And the lady's like, well, it's just our policy. And I said, well, your policy sucks, right? Politely, yeah. your policy sucks. Like 24 to 48 hours is how long it's going to take for me to actually talk to a supervisor. By then, you're already going to have sent it out, and it's going to be halfway to the house, and right. I'm going to have to you know, send it back. So I'm trying to save you time. And money, because I'm not paying for the return. Right. So. Well, then how many other people like you ordered exactly. cans too big for their dump truck that exactly. they need to rectify? Like they're, they're, exactly. They're, and so that's why there's this policy. They're not going to do this for anybody. So, you buy the pants, then you can make a quilt with it. That's their policy. I, I guess. So long story short, I never talked to a supervisor. They never called me, ever. So you have three pairs of pants coming your way that don't No, no. Out. I sent them back on Friday. They, they, they arrived. So they do indeed take returns. Yeah. yeah well, that's they good. They took the return, but it's just a waste of my time and theirs. Huge waste. And, and their money. Yeah. Because I didn't pay for it. They, they gave me a label. And, then, and so then the guy, when I called him to get the label, he says, well, do you want to, I see there's a note that, you know, you got the wrong size. Do you want to change it now? And I go, hell no. Why do I want to change it now? Right. I wanted to change it a week ago. Correct. The opportunity passed. Yeah. Would you like a glass of water a week later after right. you were absolutely after you were thirsty? Yeah, right. In the desert, you're like, right. I'm dying. Right. Here. This whole thing could have been resolved by someone going, Tim, put down the 34s and grab a pair of 32s. I mean, simple. It could have been that simple. It literally was one size different. I accidentally clicked 38 and I meant 36. Simple. That's it. I can't believe how inefficient that is. 30 minutes. You only have 30. So I said, I'm only a valued customer for 30 minutes. And then after that, it's like, well, you're done. I custom press your shirts. Right. You have no idea the branding I'm doing for you. And that's what I told him. I said, look, I'm going to always wear Nike. I'm always going to buy Nike. It's I love Nike. It's what, what fits I'm not going to go on the radio and talk bad about you. And I'm not technically calling this t- talking bad. I'm just telling the story. Yeah. And obviously you don't care. <laughs> I mean, because if you did, you would actually try to help your customer. Right. But whatever. So that was so that's my little beef I have with Nike right now. It's like it's like we're a married couple that are going through some things. Fair, right? You know, we we're talk, we, we, we gonna be all right. Refusal to yeah. acknowledge yeah. their we side. Go, right, we're gonna be all right. But we're going through some things right now. Like Nike's sleeping on the couch right now. Nike's not in the bed. Wow. You're not gonna leave, and we're not gonna pay for counseling. But we're just gonna take a couple days. Yeah, we're just gonna take a couple days to talk about it, work a it out, figure out. Fusion of emotions. Yes, yeah, exactly. 
So there you go. Well, I hope that gets resolved for you. Well, it's going to get resolved once they finally get the shipment back. And yeah. apparently it's April 6th they should get the, they should receive the shipment back. Then they have to go back and refund my money. And oh, by the way, three pairs of pants was $302. Three pairs of pants, by the way. Raider Rock, how are the profits going to stay so <laughs> damn high with this type of uh, Raider Rock's like, that ain't on my on. watch, homeboy. Hey. <laughs> Can we get a ticket and send it up into the ether? I'm 90% sure the pants I'm wearing cost $18 total. <laughs> I like those pants. You had splatter paint pants. We can take those But those are a little paint. tight, though, man. Gunning. That like, if fun. you put anything in your pockets, there's going to be people questioning you. I'm, yeah. Hey, $18. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't don't bend over and pick up yeah. anything. Or is it going to turn in some ripped jeans? It's going to be a fashionista over there. Yeah, yeah exactly. Th- that's what will happen. Post-rip, post-purchase <laughs> rip. Jared, the face of fashion, coming to a store near you. Look, man, if you talk about it, you can be about it. Uh, yeah. Right? And look, if you sell it, only takes 30 minutes, and then you don't then you don't have to return it or nothing. 30 minutes. I mean, look, forgot I told, about it. I told those cats, I used to sell Kirby's. You have two whole days to take that thing back. I could buy Kirby's. a car. Yeah, Kirby vacuums, $2,000 yeah. vacuums. Oh, oh. And I used to sell those door, it is door to door. A, and it is definitely one of those decisions that you make. I just bought a $2,000 yeah. vacuum. No, Hold why, on. Where's the phone number? Enemy, Where's the phone number? That's why we give them two days because you get them hot and bothered and sure. get them fired up about it, then sign online, and then you're out of there. It's like the rebates. Don't ma- Yeah, don't make friends. back in two weeks. Exactly. Nobody does it. Don't make friends with them because if you make friends with them, they don't mind canceling on you. I made that mistake one time, too. I, I sold one to a girl really? that was decent looking, and uh, I made friends with her, and I might have said I was going to take her out that weekend. Oh, okay. And then all of a sudden, you know, after I sold the $2,000 machine, which that's all I cared about, uh, she called and was like, oh, you know, I decided to, t- to send it back. I don't really need this vacuum. I was like, damn it. I'm shocked because I'd be the opposite because now I have a connection with you, and I feel like I'm <laughs> taking food out of your mouth. Like, I can't Lindsay do that. Lindsay would be over there going like, oh. use that vacuum last week. Well, Thank you, Q. Q. In, that case, in, in that, story, in that case, Lindsay, I do have a hookup on a vacuum. Do you? <laughs> I need a new one. My other one makes bad smells when I use it, so I stopped. Unbelievable. 446 is the time. We'll take a quick break. Come back and hear from Matt Miller. It's Radio Nation Radio 920. It's Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q on Raider Nation Radio. Sometimes it's a little bit more unnecessary than others. As my last conversation about Nike and my golf pants. But Raider Rock, when he called earlier, not only was he, well, he never even called about Nikes. I just brought the Nike element into it. He also talked about quarterbacks and that Josh McDaniels should be able to, to uh, you know, develop a guy. And so I was wondering who he's talking about. He said whoever they pick. So basically, he's not talking about C.J. Stroud, Bryce Young, Will Levis, or Anthony Richardson. He's talking about maybe a later first-round pick, maybe a headed hooker, maybe someone even a little bit later than that. And there's multiple quarterbacks that are out there. But uh, Matt Miller and uh, Jordan Reed were actually asked that question. I thought that was a really good one. Asked that question about quarterbacks that could be had in the first round or a little bit later, even going all the way back to the third round. Here's what they had to say about that. Yeah, I could jump in first on that one, uh, Jordan. I, so I really do. I, I like Hendon Hooker a lot. I think 22 might be a little early for a player who is 25 years old, who's also coming off the knee injury. So that would be the biggest question for me is where's he at in terms of health? We saw him at the Tennessee Pro Day, like throwing a soft toss to his guys, not really getting involved. Um, so I would see it, Jameson, maybe as – could you trade back from 22? Like you mentioned, there's no second round pick. If you identify this as like, Hey, we got to get a quarterback because Lamar is forcing his way out or his say he's not going to play, whatever that might be, or, or maybe the team has moved on. Uh, I think you, you probably try to trade back. Uh, Jordan might feel differently. I don't like this, uh, this day three quarterback class very much at all. Um, it's just, it, there's a drop off, a significant drop off from the top four, then Hendon hooker uh, who, who maybe deserves to be in, you know, maybe it should be a top five. 
but then I, I think you're looking at a lot of, you know, projects um, where it's like maybe Aiden O'Connell, maybe, uh, maybe Jaron Hall would be your, your top day three guy. Yeah, I think the Ra- or excuse me, the Ravens are in such a unique spot just because they've really built this offense so uniquely around Lamar Jackson. This isn't an offense of where you just can drop a quarterback in and Todd Monk and we'll see what he does as far as adjusting some things that they have done previously. But their offense has been built around Lamar Jackson, a lot of 12 personnel, a lot of tight ends involved. They take they've taken some opportunities at drafting wide receivers early, but it just hasn't necessarily worked out. So of the day three quarterbacks, the one that I think probably would fit best in the offense is probably Dorian Thompson Robinson of UCLA, just because he has a lot That's of a similar qualities that Lamar Jackson brings to the table from a mobility standpoint, and then also just involving him in the design quarterback run game. So there's some similar traits as far as if you want to keep some similar things that they have done in years past with Lamar Jackson. So DTR will be one that I think they could gravitate towards maybe in like the fourth or the fifth round. I think that's where he could end up going. So there you go. There's Matt Miller and Jordan Reed. And you, you heard Matt Miller say he wasn't really enamored too much by the day three guys. And, and you know, there's, there's a reason for that because a lot of those day three guys are going to be most likely backups at some point. And when I talk about day three guys, I'm looking at, you know, Tanner McKee, Jaron Hall, Stetson Bennett, Clay, Clayton Toon, Aiden O'Connell, Max Dugan. Uh, you heard him talk about DTR, who's here locally, you know, from Las Vegas, uh, Dorian Thompson-Robinson. And that's a guy, I'll tell you right now, Lindsay, I'd be intrigued by him uh, because you're not going to get him in the first round. So you could, you'd have him an opportunity to sit behind Jimmy G and maybe learn. And if he works out, great, cool. But if he doesn't, then all right, you have a backup and you go back to the drawing board and try to get a quarterback later. Yeah, I agree with that. And I, I know that uh, we've talked about this in the past that next year's quarterback class is a lot more rich or at least uh, throughout the the other rounds. And so I'm all about having somebody sit behind and learn in a system, whether you're a first overall draft pick or the first overall in the, the sixth round, just because it's so different to process things. Mm-hmm. Like I remember when I was playing hockey in the summertime that I would usually play up a league. So I'd be playing with like the university of Minnesota girls, university of Wisconsin, Wisconsin girls. And then I'd have to take a couple weeks, go down to the lower level because the, when the pucks aren't moving at you at the same speed, you have to adjust your decision-making your body right. makes different things. And so I, I think there is a necessity to give those guys the time to really uh, go through the reps in their head and, and learn the system and do that not under duress because I think that sets you up for a lot more failure than it does success. That makes a lot of sense. What do you think, Jared? Well, I think that's an absolutely brilliant point as far as the timing is uh, concerned of getting people ready. The thing that I'm more interested in is every single time Josh McDaniels gets brought up as like this offensive mind, people talk about his system and then they're like, well, the great thing about possibly getting Bursette would be he knows the system. Mm-hmm. Jimmy G knows the system. Yeah. Like, this is a tough, apparently, a very difficult system. So taking a guy later and then letting him sit for at least mm-hmm. two years, you might wind up with – you're not going to wind up with Tom Brady. Right. Sorry. Like, I got <laughs> it. Josh McDaniels in the fifth round. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. No, but you might wind up with a guy in the third round who at least can continue to grow – within this system because otherwise you get if you trade up and go get a guy he might look really bad because well this is way more complicated than i was expecting <laughs> like uh, it, it, all i had to do was go and ball out in college yeah i've got you you've got an option route on the left right your check down is on the right if that's not there then you have to be able to do make these two reads like there, there's so many different things and all while, you know, checking off the safety. And before it was, exactly. if this guy's open, throw it to him. If not, 
run. Right, right. No doubt. No doubt. And that's kind of what Bruce Feldman was talking about when I was talking about that Bryles system as far as Hendon Hooker and, and him playing for Josh Heupel. That's kind of like that basketball on grass. Real quick, uh, Jared, uh, let's let's go to the soundbite from Jordan Reed on Anthony Richardson. It's a little bit lengthier, so we might not have to hear the whole thing, but it's D053. D053. Let me know when you got it. Jordan Reed's talking about Anthony Richardson. Since we're closing out talking about quarterbacks, let's go ahead and, uh, and hear from him. Here it is right here. Jordan Reed, just kidding. Uh, we're going to get it. <laughs> like, those are I not thought, the hand signals yeah. anyway. That was the wrong finger, dude. <laughs> I appreciate the up, but we're I need a thumb. real hard. I need a thumb up, not that finger up. There's there the thumb go. up. Here's Jordan Reed on Anthony Richardson. Yeah, and just on Anthony Richardson, um, he, he's just really inexperienced right now. He's only started actually, 13 games, and I don't even count two years ago when he was rotating time with Emory Jones just because there were situations where they didn't even know who was going to start the next series. So it's really hard to lock in and just play the game like that, just speaking uh, from a former quarterback's perspective when you don't know if you're, if you're even going to start the next series or not. So I don't even count um, that 2021 season when we saw him play in spots, but just speaking on last year, the big thing with Anthony is that he's just so physically gifted. We saw what he was able to do throwing-wise and then also testing-wise at the combine. So those type of traits are already going to intrigue teams. He already has the size, too, at six foot four, 235 pounds. And I think Anthony is a little bit more detailed at the position than what people are giving him credit for. You see him making big throws inside the pocket, and he's not your typical athletic quarterback um, that you see that likes to use their superpower of what I call out-athleting everybody, which just means they're just the best player on the field and they're going through one read and then trying to take off. Anthony's not really doing that. The thing with Anthony is that he's really good with C-reading, reacting with things. The thing that he has troubles with is tying his feet to his eyes. That's the big issue that he has right now. His feet are just a mess. And the reason behind that is that he just hasn't played a lot of games. And then there's a lot of looks that confuse him. So when you just think of a quarterback from the top down, whenever you're confused from a mental standpoint, it's going to have an effect on your feet. And the Kentucky game is a great example of that, of where he just wasn't good in that game, just because they made a head coach, uh, Mark Stoops, did a really good job of you know creating some confusing looks for him. And that really affected his feet a lot. So I think with Anthony, the intrigue is there with him, but you're going to have to be patient with him. Now, I will say this, the tricky thing about Anthony's evaluation is that the only way he's going to work out the kinks with those things is for him to play. But obviously, he's not going to be ready walking through the door. So the team that drafts him, they have to have patience. But understand the only way that he's going to work out those kinks and get better with his footwork is that he's going to have to play. So there you go. you got to have patience, but he's got to play. So what that means to me, Lindsay, is he's got to have packages. You know, if he's going to come in, he's got to have someone who's a starting quarterback, but he's also have packages where at some point he comes into the game. Yeah, absolutely. And it's all about slow rolling with the the guys that you bring in, that he's a good fit as a teammate as well, because those quarterback rooms are very important to it being a collaborative learning experience. And so it's got to be someone special. Yeah. But not, nope. not always a special someone. Right. I like it. I like it. That's a great way to put it again. Anthony Richardson will begin his pre-draft visit this Friday with the Raiders. Richardson will visit six teams, including Carolina, which hosts the multiple top quarterbacks as part of its top 30 visits. That's from Jeremy Fowler. And one quick tweet from Big E. I knew it was you that sold my mom that Kirby. $2,500 and the wheels fell off two weeks later. Every time my mama has something to say, I'd run that Kirby out the closet. It's Radio Nation Radio 920. Have a good one.